Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in with his legs. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Good evening and welcome to the Here We Go podcast at the end of uh, yet another tumultuous week in the recent history of Aberdeen Football Club and a big week for those purporting to speak for the entire Don support. Uh, Not speaking for anyone but themselves tonight, I've got Martin Ingram. Good evening, Martin. Good evening. And uh, I've got Martin Clunas. Martin, how are you? I'm doing really well, Richard. I'm excited about this one tonight. Right, okay, well, um, to bring that excitement down, let's talk about the first 45 minutes against Celtic um, on Saturday, because uh, this team has been pretty bipolar all season, I think it's fair to say, Um, sometimes in the space of a game, and Saturday was a perfect example of that. Uh, That first 45 minutes was just a continuation for the sort of thing that we saw in the second half at Tynecastle and at uh, most of the game against St Johnston and Dundee recently. Aye, it definitely was. I mean, it wasn't a vintage, certainly a vintage first half. I mean, I think we got, uh, dare I say, got a little bit lucky that they they weren't particularly good either. Um, I know it ended up being about something about 28% possession or something we had, which I'm not going to burst into tears about because, you know, know, we said every time I think we've spoken about a Celtic game on here, we've said that you're going to surrender a lot of possession uh, to them, the problem you have is that uh, you need to you need to do better when you've got the ball, and we didn't really we didn't really do anything when we when we had the ball. You know, um, a few you know some aimless punts. You know, occasionally when we kind of got the ball in uh, wide areas, nothing came from it. Um, looked a little I don't want to say no, I don't don't say lethargic, but. Just looked like we kind of looked directionless, really. Um, which, you know, for, for the first forty-five minutes after the manager's been a manager's been sacked, you kind of hope that they're going to come out with a bit of a point to prove. Um, but um, so that was that's that's disapp- obviously very disappointing to see. Um, you know, just simply simply wasn't good enough. Um, thankfully, you know, at halftime we found ourselves going in going in at nil nil. Um, because I really, you know, we've seen it so many times in the past, where you know they've they've gotten an early goal and they've blown and they've blown us away. Um, within you know, and you know, we've, you've seen you've seen television pictures of uh, of Merkland Road being full of people heading towards the Pataudry Bar at halftime. Uh, so thankfully we didn't have that this time. Um, no thanks to the South Stand linesman, obviously, who managed to miss probably the most obvious offside decision. I think anyone in football ever will see. Um, so that was certainly an interesting one as well. 
the first half, it was poor Martin Ingram, but it was necessary, as Martin says, that we got to half-time at 0-0, and I suppose you can got, got to give some credit, I suppose, to a defence with regards to that. It did look like they were posted absolutely missing early on with that offside goal, um, but from that point on, it was relatively alarm-free with Calavis was staying on his line, that is. I suppose as relatively uh, problem-free as also seeing the opposition hit the woodwork twice gets. But um, yeah, I think in any game against Celtic, you uh, know, as Martin alluded to, you don't, you don't need to worry too much about the possession stats. It is, it is likely that they're going to have more of the ball, even even when, when we're at home. And yeah, Overall, maybe a bit too passive for my liking in the first half, but they they rode their luck. Um, the the offside decision, by the way, I, 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 did anyone actually time how long it took for that to be overturned on VAR? It's felt like about five six minutes. So once again, while, while don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely delighted that it came came in in our favour. But um, yeah, another another stellar experience. I think there I think there'd been a couple of minutes delay at the start of the game as well due to something related to that as well. So um there we go. But but yeah, um I thought after that and again maybe that that offside goal seven or seven or so minutes in, that was maybe just the wake up call we needed just to try and shore things up a bit more at the back. Um there there was very little to no threat that we posed going the other way and um, I'm I'm still one of the sad guys that um, you, you, you think many many years ago of the the, the people who were taking their transistor radios into the game and I do the modern thing now of um, I have BBC sounds on my app my phone and I listen along to the sports scene coverage while I'm at the ground and uh, probably the most stunning stat that came out at halftime is that uh, we didn't have a single touch of the ball in the Celtic penalty area in the entire half. So not only did we have no shots or no shots on target, but we never even had a touch in the penalty box. And um, and, and and in truth, the, the, the first opportunity that we had happened to be probably what we're going to be speaking about next. And absolutely... Uh, if you're if you're if you're if you're going to be clinical with your opportunities, that was definitely a way to go about it. Yeah, I think that stat was um, taken from um, the TV coverage, which when I watched that back, you could also see that they were making big play of that and it was endemic of a first 45 that was very very passive and did lack that bravery and it was something um, which was spoken about by Peter Levin afterwards and it, brave is a word I'd used with regards to the cut final back in December in terms of that we weren't brave enough and it wasn't for me about going all guns blazing attack it was about that bravery on the ball and we, we did get an example of that when um, instead of just opting to go hoof it long, seed possession immediately, Conor Barrow wins the ball deep. And this is it's a classic transition goal, the type we scored this season. In fact, you know, the, the way in which you set up, the way in which we played that 4-5-1 was quite, in the second half, was quite reminiscent of some of our European games this season, I thought. And again, the problem this season generally hasn't been in these games. It's been about trying to find a system and a way of playing which breaks down a side that's going to come here and sit back and defend the numbers um, and, you know, try and force us wide and try and stop our penetration through the middle where, you know, most of our key players are. Now, you've got the ball comes to Polvara, a ball, sensible run from Mielski, not 
not groundbreaking, just sensible. Make sure that Povara can find him with a decent through ball. But at the moment that Boine Mayofsky picks up the ball, Martin Clunas, he is about 35 yards from goal. He still has so, so much to do. That's not a chance. That's not even a slither of a chance. That's a magnificent... Dante will get the assist, but what a magnificent solo goal that was. That was brilliant. Look, the simple fact is he's the best striker in the league. There's there's no there's nobody better. You know, we'll have we'll have heart we'll have yo-yo club yo-yo club hearts fans telling us, oh Shanklin, blah blah blah. We'll have Rangers fans talking about fucking Sakala or fucking Dessers or whatever nonsense they've still got up there. This guy is the best striker in the league, and there's absolutely no question about it. Just it what I thought was a brilliant ball by Polvara, yeah, but he had so much to do before he even was able to get the shot off. Uh, we spoke when we did the podcast the other day, about you know, Celtic's weaknesses in defence, they've got injuries. Well, you know, I'm not. I don't. It doesn't really bother me because we've got we've got injuries as well. We've got people missing. You know, got, they've obviously got. You no, know, they had. I think they had Bernabe, Scales, Naroki, and Johnson in their back four. Nothing. Nothing for us to be afraid of as well. And when you've got somebody who is, you know, has the class and ability of Mayovsky, just to do that and. As soon as he, it's one of those things. I think genuinely, when you see him, see him one on one with someone like that, you just have so much faith in him because you know, fine, he's got the ability. A couple other times in the game, he did maybe get the ball caught under his feet when he was he was crowded out. If no, if they had maybe more than one on him, you know, it was a bit trickier for him. But this one, you know, he just just perfectly get gets himself in a little bit of space. Just you know, cuts cuts it to one side, um, and you no. Know, Slots it past Hart again. Who uh, another? You know, we could talk about our own keeper later if we want. But you know, Hart had you know, as a keeper who we should try be trying to exploit as well. We know the weaknesses is their weaknesses in defence. You've got somebody as good as Mayowski. You know, we have we uh, we've got every chance of getting something out of games, and it proved that. And it was just sensational from him. Um, you know, everybody everybody's probably said after the game, but you know. That's the type of goal. That's the type of play that you know will be will be noticed by by other managers, by other recruitment people. But that puts more that puts an extra like an extra number on his fee when clubs want to buy him because they know they now can see what he can do against the so called best team in the league. It's the evolution, really, which I want to speak about, uh, Martin Ingram. The, the the added strings to his bow that we're seeing, to me, it's um, you know starting from a higher starting base, obviously, but it, it reminds me of the evolution with Sam Cosgrove and the the coaching which has clearly gone into Boyan Miofsky to turn him into a much more rounded player than the one we saw when he arrived at Petardry last season. And there's a there's a thing there as well about um, about how. You know, all the bad things that have happened over the past nine months of the season or seven months of the season, however long it's been, feels longer than it actually is, no doubt, um, have to be attributed to the coach, to the outgoing coach. But the, the good stuff, the good stuff that happened was, you know, people are saying that's despite him, you know, where would he be without Mayovsky? Well, the fact is that he'd set up a team and he'd, he'd find a way of playing and he got Mayovsky into that form so that he's already eclipsed last season's goal tally. Um, and we're just at the start of February. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the fact, and you're, I mean, you're absolutely right to say that he's come on in leaps and bounds. Um, um, 
but it's not as if he was doing that badly with his last season as well. So you were already talking about a person, certainly in the first half of the previous season when he when he came into the squad and, and, and was doing really, really well. And unfortunately, as Duke's star ascended, his maybe kind of plateaued a little bit at the tail end of last season. But um, in this regard, I would definitely give a shout out to um, one of the social media accounts, Vitamin T, that um, does these... Um, uh, very interesting uh, analysis of players in relation to, um, um, you know, things like their expected goals and expected assists and, 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 and qualities in relation to that. But if you go if you go and have a look at that, and he did, he did a post about uh, Boyan uh, either yesterday or earlier today where it shows his kind of mapping graph from where he was last season as opposed to where it is right now and and shows objectively how he has improved in, in almost every aspect of of his play and i think that's where i would still hold someone like adam rooney in in greater esteem right now just with the amount of time that he's been at the club and and the amount of goals he accrued over that period of time it's it's something where you have to kind of remind yourself that we've we've only had miofsky for a a season and a half but in terms of what he's been able to provide us in that season and a half I, i i i've seen people saying trying to compare who would have been the best striker we'd had at the club since then. And I saw somebody going as far back as Hans Heelhouse. And as I say, he's he's maybe not had the the, uh, length of time at the club to to prove that. But in in taking his kind of body of work in a season and a half, um, yeah, I'd struggle to think of a striker who's performed or has the ability to perform the way he does much better than that. And, 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 you know, Heelhouse is a completely different kind of kettle of fish from a completely different generation, but um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of his um, goal scoring ability, that's absolutely unquestioned. Um, but you know, I think what 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 he offers as well is an awful lot of movement. Um, his pace is obviously something which is really difficult to deal with. It was it was it was notable, I thought, when it came to the actual goal that it was uh, Naroki he got one on one with, and you could clearly tell that. Miovsky um, one on one with him, he was he was he was giving him fits, and I think it's giving give him the, the the respect that that combination of having an, enough pace to be able to rattle a defender to know that if you just completely front up on him, then he may well just beat you going past you. Um, so it gets that respect from the defender to make sure that he's giving you five or six meters, but then. With that kind of amount of, and again, we're not talking huge amounts of space, but as I say, just being, just, just having an, 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 enough respect of your your pace and your ability to beat players one on one, just to give you a little bit of skill. And when he gets in the edge of the box, yeah, he just takes one touch to get it out of his feet, move it on his left foot, and he's absolutely placed it past Joe Hart for 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 the goal. And that's the kind of composed finishing that we've seen all season. The the, the goal that he scored at home against Rangers. Um, to put his 1-0 up as well. Very similar, um, being put through in a long ball, but uh, still has an awful lot of do, lot, awful lot to do himself to get between two defenders. And just, you know, w- w- once he gets in that situation, you, you just always think he's absolutely going to find the back of the net. And I I really I really think there is maybe a, a, a small pocket of strikers that we've ever had at the club where you feel so confident about the fact that he's going to convert and in the end of the day, maybe maybe very unlucky. I haven't actually chance to see the highlights yet, but maybe unlucky not to get a winner as well because it seems it was um, the, the you had the ball in the back of it again when it was called off for offside. So I don't know how clear cut that one was or not. But that I mean, if he if he rounded that off and 
with um, a, a brace in order to win the game, then it would have been no less than what he would have deserved. And yeah, will will we? We're, well, we're, we're we're definitely going to now keep him for the rest of the season, and that's certainly more than enough for me in the meantime. But um, it's it's hard not to compare and contrast him with Lewis Ferguson. I get the feeling he's going to be a similar guy that when when he does move on it's going to be to a, a very good club potentially english premiership maybe 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 on the continent but i get the feeling he's going to be another guy who's just going to go on from strength to strength well the person that played the ball through for the disallowed second potential second let's talk about him because leighton clarkson was dropped in the starting 11 um by the manager on saturday came on not long after the goal and I think there's also uh, we should say that it was the goal seemed obviously this you know the second half may have played out like, like this anyway there may have been more on the front foot but I think the goal obviously gave the team confidence and it was much more of a front foot performance from that point onwards much more of a coherent press just much more energy about the side much more belief about the side and you know you could see over the past few weeks how that belief had just evaporated Clarkson comes on. And importantly, Martin Clunas, he's playing at 10, whereas Robson had favoured playing him obviously much deeper previously last season with kind of two shielding defend, uh, two shielding midfielders in front of him doing the legwork, which allowed him obviously a bit more flexibility, obviously a bit more time in theory. But we also saw last season, to be fair, a guy that was more willing, I think, to, to put the foot in, to, to do the hard yards. Maybe I haven't seen quite that this season, but when he came on, I thought there was a real spark about him and playing further forward. And again, I spoke about this last week, that connection with Majofsky, it's critical we get that going again. Well, it definitely is. I mean, in the first half, we saw a few times and Majofsky himself, you know, he was kind of chasing up McGrath to come forward. He was chasing up Phillips to come forward, try to get them, you know, help him because he did seem to be, there was one or two occasions where he seemed to be, uh, he was. He had, he had basically and the Rocky and Scales by himself, and he was kind of getting caught, you know, in between the two of them passing the ball. Um, but the set Clarkson comes on, and I think obviously the advice scored after what 50 minutes. So I think, I think some of the advice at half time, you know, I think Clarkson came on around about the hour mark, I think it was. Um, the obvious advice was obviously get up there and help, help my off ski out. And no, they were, they were like you say, putting a foot in a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, just getting forward, and yeah, like see, you, if if you're going to press, you need more than one doing it. So having them doing it, having them him on there as well, helping out Mayowski with you know getting forward, just putting putting their defense under a bit of pressure, putting Hart under a bit of pressure. We saw Hart, you know, you know, you know club a couple into the stand um, because he doesn't because he doesn't like being put under pressure. He's not a ball playing goalkeeper, um, which you know is the reason why. Um, he got bombed out of Man City. It's why he's you no know, he's he didn't get many games when he's went to other clubs. It's why he's it's really it's why he's at Celtic. You know he's not here to he's not here to wreck on his reputation and you know and get a move back to England. This is where this is where where he finds himself now. Um, and you know, their fans aren't happy with him. We're delighted he's there. But so have it, Clarkson coming on again. You know I think we I think we pretty much all agree his best his best role his best position is there as a ten. Uh, we probably want to see him there. I think you can probably get the best out of him there. Um, it takes away. It does take away then the question of, you know, I don't want to really want to see him further back. Sir, further back with with Shinny. I want to see him further forward. I think he can do more damage. Um, I think he's definitely got the ability. You know, picking out those key passes. 
Um, the, the similar to the key pass, we've seen him do it. We saw him do it last season. Um, similar to the key passes we saw no, Pavara do for the goal. Clarkson's got that in his, his 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 locker as well. So having him up front or, or towards the front the top end of the pitch, even um, with Wojowski, you're going to see the best of him. And yeah, I was. I mean, he was only obviously he's only on for half an hour. Um, understandably, you know he's you know, fresh. He's coming into game um, where the where you know, it's it was it's fairly high fairly high intensity, but. He came on, and I thought he looked really, really good. Um, perhaps not back to the you no know, the best of him or what we've seen you know, at his peak luck when he was at last season, but so much to be so much to be positive about. Um, and I know, you know, we have to obviously caveat that with against Celtic, we're going to get more space. Um, though they're going to tr- they're going to try and come out. They're going to try and you know, you know, stay on the ball, and you know, the game will be more open. It's a different. It's a different kettle of fish against your Ross Counties, your St Johnston, all these type of teams. I understand that, but when you cut, when you're coming on and you're getting in their faces and you're trying to stop, you know, try to stop them playing, getting the ball, so then we can do damage. I think that's when Clarkson, you know, we can see the best of Clarkson, and you know, perhaps he's not guaranteed a start now, but we don't know. You know, there's going to be a bit of a reset over the next few days. Um, I thought, no, Peter Levin um, probably just stuck with. You know what the players knew and what he knew a little bit um, in terms of personnel. Obviously, we saw Phillips coming in, but um, we're going to have a few, well. There'll be probably some changes over the few days. But, but, no, we don't know what's going to happen. But Clarkson, if he's going to be playing, needs to be up that top end of the pitch. Um, him, uh, him and Mayovsky really do work so well together, and I, I want, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure if I went back to this time last season, I could probably get a a, a clip of you saying, "Oh, yeah, it's great to see him uh, play much deeper when you can see the whole pitch in front of him." Um, but anyway, um, this is neither here nor there. What's going to happen in terms of changes uh, you alluded to is that uh, Neil Warnock will be the temporary manager of uh, Aberdeen until the end of the season. Um, this is this was apparent from yesterday morning that this would be the case. Obviously now he's been spotted all around Aberdeen in a uh, bizarre game of where's Colin Wanker. Um, do you think, uh, Martin Ingram, that this is a sensible short-term solution or a failure of planning? Oof. Um, it's certainly going to be a great appointment for the banter, isn't it? It's... Um... Yeah, it's all it's all it's already generated quite a lot of interest on social media over the last day or two, and oh, I don't know. I, I suppose one of the things I, I I would say is if we are going to bring someone like Warnock in, and I'm not, I'll I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sold that this is the uh, the 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 correct solution for us. But if we if we are going to be bringing someone in, and it's clear, yeah, we're taking we're taking in. You know, a high-profile name and a very experienced manager. I mean, again, for 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 whatever you, views you might have about him in terms of being more of a maybe a, a TV and radio kind of pundit, more more than more than his managerial chops these days. There's no there's no doubting that very few people on the market would have the the same amount of just pure experience of managing um, and the knowledge of the game that goes with that. So. Um, in, in in that regard, while I'm not exactly um, championing the, the the entrance of of Warnock into the club, in the scenario of coming in for an interim period to be in charge until the end of the season and to get the most out of the current squad, um, while the board does a bit of 
due diligence or slash if it ends up being house cleaning we'll 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 we'll, we'll see what comes of of that in the meantime then i i i don't necessarily have an issue with that i i would be interested to know what kind of money we're talking about about bringing warnock in and um, I believe he's looking for, I can't remember the name of the guy, but I think he was looking for his, for his former assistant at Huddersfield Town to come in with him as well, was one of the things that was being mooted. So um, I'm not entirely sure what that means in terms of um, the financial implications, and it would be it would be slightly uh, uh, disappointing if a chunk of the, the hard-earned cash that we've uh, brought in during the, the European Championship um, or the European um, uh, Conference League uh, escapade is effectively getting thrown into a very short-term solution but you know we we are where we are with that and yeah so that was comes to with regards to the degree of planning which may or may not have come into this I, I think very very little is obviously the the correct answer when it comes to that but you know I I, I was on this podcast not days ago saying that um, I would rather rather than the club going away and making a RAS decision for a long-term appointment, I would rather they got their own house in order first, um, look at look at the club's structures, see if what they're doing is currently working. And again, the the evidence of the last three to four seasons seems to be that it evidently hasn't because we've been repeatedly getting in various managers that um, have been uh, couped over the side in unceremonious fashion 12 months later. So something clearly isn't working in that process. So... Um, it was. I found it interesting when I was again when I was listening to sports scene in the way into the game, and Willie Miller seemed to be very against kind of bringing the idea of kind of uh, performance cons- consultants or, or, or whoever they're looking to bring in in order to look at things, um, saying you know why 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 should you need to be able to do that if that's if that's your bread and butter? I mean, if these people have been running the club, then shouldn't shouldn't they know enough about football and fo- football operations in order to be able to do that without? bringing external eyes from out with but it seems that the clear answer is well to some extent they probably haven't known what they're doing in that regard so i actually give them a lot of credit in that regard as if they've if you've tried the same thing several times and it hasn't worked several times i i I actually um applaud them actually taking taking a moment to actually take a step back bring bring in some expertise externally in order to look at their current model and, and whether it's working for them and what they need to do in the meantime so but as for you know i'm, I'm sure i'm sure the warnock um uh era will be absolutely tremendous entertainment for supporters and and, and the scottish media but um you know i do i do wonder whether um it might have been as well just letting the 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 current coaching squad keep keep the reins until the end of the season i guess that maybe their anxiety would have been that they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't because either either they um aren't able to do any better with the squad than what barry robson was doing and we inevitably roll ourselves into a a bottom six finish in a and a wasted season or they do very very well in the job and you find yourself in exactly the same situation that we had with barry robson last season where if they do if they do too well at the job um it it it, it causes an issue with regards to whether you feel committed to having to keep those guys in in on a longer term basis so I, i i get the tensions around that yeah, I mean, it is a kind of role, this kind of firefighter role that we're beginning to see more and more of in football. Um, Martin Clunas, um, you know, on the on the front about the, I don't know if it'll be necessarily fun for us. It's certainly the Scottish media will just 
be able to sit back and uh, get the headlines written for them absolutely with uh, regards to what's going to come out in the press conference. I saw a tweet that said oh, the Scottish media will be really annoyed it's not one of their own getting the job. Are you fucking kidding me? They'll be over the moon that the quote happy Neil Warnock's there. Um, they're going to get so much more mileage without having to do any more work. Um, what the, oh yeah, the, the other half of that tweet was uh, yeah, and, and the leaks will stop. Uh, yeah, you're discussing a guy whose name leaked within minutes of the previous manager being emptied. <laughs> and you think the leaks will stop. Bless you. Um, Martin Clunas, it's, um, it also speaks that we're going to have to bring some coaches in because there's simply not enough coaches in the building. And this is actually something we've touched on before, that in terms of the... In terms of the wanting to move to a modern club, wanting to move, wanting to bring us forward, that the sort of old style head coach, assistant manager, goalkeeper coach, maybe one first team coach, I would say that's an area we're probably lacking in anyway, and probably, you know, that's one of the reasons why we needed to bring people in externally because there simply weren't enough bodies in the building. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's um, as Martin says. Though, he's, there's obviously talk that Warnock's want to bring in. Um, his old number two from um, Huddersfield and names escaped me as well. Um, but yeah, there's obviously going to be people. You know, people need to, need to come in. I mean, I'm not sure that um, who we have currently are, is kind of up to up to muster. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think we're getting for, for whatever we've get we're getting from Craig Craig Sampson. You know, and isn't really isn't really paying off. Um, for a start, uh, so I think definitely there you know, is obviously need, needing bodies to come in. Um, you know, I don't know how much you know. He's seventy-five. I don't know how much of a of a of a training pitch manager Warnock still still is going to be. Um, so that's me why he's wanting to bring in bring in some of his own men. But you no, know, we can we are only going to surmise with that because you know, really not, none of us know. Um, so that'll be that will be interesting to see in a few days, but in the next few days, but yeah. There's obviously something, you know, if you're when you're when you're getting rid of someone like Barry Robson, who's been in the club for for years, you know, and you kind of I, I I don't want to say you know, knows the club all that kind of stuff, you know, because in, in grand scheme of things, it doesn't really make make much difference. But you know, there's there needs to be people coming in to replace to replace these people that are either they're leaving, whether they've been sacked or whether they moved on to other jobs, things like that. Um, I think obviously. Losing Liam Fox wasn't it at the start of the season? Um, was it was seems to be a big miss as well. Um, so we're going to have to see, see about that. That's something that when they're when the board are doing their whole, you know, the, obviously they've decided they're going to do this. It gives them a, gives them a, a free reign to have a look till the a look at the end of the season, see how they want to do, see if they want to. Know, move some people about, move some people in, move some people out, whatever, or just change the structure. This gives them. This is basically, I think, is the board kind of buying themselves a little bit of time. So you, the question you asked Martin about whether it's you no, know, is it is it basically poor planning? And I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think they've they were hoping that Robson was going to be the guy, and he's he's not the guy. And having got rid of three managers in three seasons. They've now realised that what how we're doing things or how they're doing things isn't working. Um, so their idea is probably a safe pair of hands. I mean, I, I'd love to know. I really would love to know how. You no, know, they came across Warnock's name 
Um, that'll be exciting. I mean, where the where they sitting on Football Manager and selected GB plus seventy and available, and that was the first one that came up. I'd be very interested um, to see who put that put that to him. But I, 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 I assume they see him as a safe pair of hands until the end of the season uh, when they can when they can get things sorted out. Um, and once that's once that's done, then maybe a little bit maybe we could we got a little bit of transparency because you know for for people who love social media as much as Dave Cormack and even Alan Burrows at that. Yeah, as well. but that's not transparency. Alan, Alan, Let's Alan, not confuse that no, they, with well, actual look, transparency. Well, no, no, Richard, but they like to answer questions when things are going well and they like to join in part. And even Alan Burrows with that as well. And I know fine, Twitter particularly is an absolute toilet. And no, and I'll be honest, if I worked at the football club, I would, would not have Twitter. But they do, and when things are going well, or where they can, where they can you know, put a bit of shine on things for themselves, you can't, you can't shut them up. But that's nothing to do with transparency, and we have to be clear about no. that. Well, I would like to see. That's I would a different like to see a story. Bit of that's a different argument. They're ha- no, if they want to release, they want to release statements and talk about things. And we've really heard, we've really heard nothing from anyone within the club since Robson was emptied. And that's no. Surely there should be some a bit of transparency there. What we're going to do going forward, hopefully when they announce um, Warnock, I assume in the morning or tomorrow night, there'll be there'll be more said, and we can find out exactly what's happening within the club. Yeah, you can you can guarantee there'll be a press conference. I'd be surprised if it was just Warnock in front of that. Whether Cormac's in the country or not, uh, whether it's Cormac or whether it's Bowes, but yeah, let's not conflate answering to idiots on social media and once again if you're tagging either Burroughs or Cormac <laughs> on an angry tweet you're an arsehole with actual communication which shouldn't have to be on a daily or even a weekly basis but it's just about communicating the important things in a timely fashion um, so yeah that, that, that is one of my pet hates the sort of reply guys and I just ugh, ugh. anyway um, Neil Warnock Let's just talk more, I suppose, about his recent history because clearly there's a, a long, long managerial career, 40 years worth to, to go back on. But most recently, took Cardiff up into Premier League, um, which was quite the achievement. Um, sort of middling spell, Middlesbrough helped him avoid relegation in his, uh, in his first few months there. And then Huddersfield, um, after he said he'd retired in 2022, he went back to Huddersfield, his hometown club, club he'd managed before, and pulled off what you know seemed like a miraculous escape from relegation. Um, committed to do another season there, but decided, nope, he wasn't in it for the long haul, and said at the point of leaving that uh, he wanted to do kind of February to May jobs um, in the future. Um, well, this is one. This is his first opportunity, barely into February of the next year. And this is him answering the SOS from the chairman. And his first protocol will be Ibrox on Tuesday. Um, Martin Ingram, we are obviously just intended to be the unspoken people at the feast. Uh, we are not there to... Um, impinge on what the media will be hoping as a march towards a thrilling title race by the home team. Um, well, we may well at least be trumping them in the uh, Scottish media interest stakes in the next day or two, because I think undoubtedly Warnock joining Aberdeen is going to be the, the dominating story in the in the lead up to that. Um, I was also thought it was kind of interesting. I'll, I'll do a couple of... Uh, 
brief tangents. First of all, going back to never, never let it be said that um, I'm uh, ill-informed or ill-prepared coming into a podcast. I've now swiftly been on Wikipedia while the two of you were chatting, and it's it's Ronald Jepson is the name of the guy who's going to be coming across. And I think he was he was well, he was a former uh, player under Neil Warnock at the aforementioned Huddersfield, but he was also assistant manager at a number of those uh, final ports of call that Neil Warnock had that you, you mentioned beforehand. Um, and then the other aspect in relation to that, uh, one of the other things I'd noticed on social media was uh, the the ever consistent Tom English on, on one breath uh, posting something about um, uh, Neil Warnock's uh, stated views on, on, on the Brexit situation a number of years ago. Um, I know that Martin flag, flagged the, the contradiction with uh, previous tweets that he may well had about um, not not being a person that wanted to bring politics into. Yeah, there's there's the no way he's found that himself, by the way. He's obviously just stolen that off someone else in the comments. No, 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 no. It took me it took me twenty seconds of typing just at Tom English Sport and searching the word politics. And it generally, it took literally. I swear to God, it took twenty seconds. It was about the fourth tweet down. And it was one of those where, like, you know, you know everybody is like, oh, there's always a tweet. I was like a fucking cat that got the cream when I saw that. <laughs> quickly, quickly get this. And I was so pleased, Richard, that it passed the part of police as well, because you, you retweeted it. There you go. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting that I saw somebody else then did a bit of digging in the background, and um, it was a tweet that Tom English put, put out some five and a half years ago and I'll, I'll, I'll just read it out um, th- this was recommendations for somebody he thought could would be well suited to take take over the Rangers job at that time in mid 2018 somebody hard-bitten charismatic experienced in turning a club around and who has a knowledge of life up here if available Neil Warnock so again not 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 only that he's been two-faced in his opinions about um, uh, whether you should be referring to politics um, on on in, in his day job or not but also rather two-faced about how yeah how but much I mean, valued Neil Warnock to be fair to, to Tom English that tweet put saying Warnock should get the Rangers job is from March 2018 whereas yeah. the Neil Warnock's interview is from January 2019 so um, yeah I mean yeah but that's but the a point, phrase the, I didn't the, expect to be saying on here I have no problem with Tom English whatsoever see this there's this whole again and this is an entirely separate debate but this idea that the Scottish media are somehow um, working against Aberdeen Football Club what a load of nonsense Honestly, yeah. but but I think the point that I really wanted to make in in this regard is really, re- regardless of what persons' political or other views may well be in their in their personal life, or indeed what they openly want to espouse, doesn't shouldn't have any bearing on the fact that what everybody will acknowledge he is a, a very knowledgeable and experienced manager who, again, if he's looking for a February to to, to May job. In, th- in that regard, it's an absolutely ideal situation in that he'll get to come in, spend a few months with us, um, hopefully be able to turn something around in terms of performance and, 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 and results. And then if, if all goes well, we've, we've managed to fight ourselves back into a European spot by the end of the season. And um, regardless of what your views of the circumstances around which he, 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 he ended up coming to the club, we can all give ourselves a hearty pat on the, black, on the back that it, that it all worked out and we can then move on to the next thing. So in that, in that regard, yeah, absolutely fine. Absolutely no issue with anything that Neil Warnock has said, despite the fact I would disagree with it personally. It's, uh, but I think it's dangerous to go down the route of saying that you know any sort of political statement or any statement um, about beliefs 
is okay because that leads you to the sort of dangerous ground and you know um, I think a lot of us were rightly upset for example when Scott Brown joined us and that's a di that's a similar but different conversation yeah and and, and, I, and I think as well that some some of the aspects and again my my, my myself and my uh, erstwhile TRF editor who was on this very podcast to talk about the circumstances around Scott Brown coming into the club and 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 why we as Aberdeen fans particularly but also in relation to um, some of the fallout from the Shea Logan incident that we're, we're all aware of and we don't need to rake over the coals of that again but again I think that's a very different discussion from what we're talking about in relation to people holding their own political views in relation to whether you be supportive of be it you know leaving the eu or not or scottish independence or pro-union or whatever i mean that they're they're, they're different discussions people are entirely uh, welcome to hold whatever views they they, they 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 wish to have on those aspects they they bear they bear little to no relation in relation to the the the, the footballing appointment in that regard and, and and i agree it's a very different discussion from um, again, had we been talking about Scott Brown, had we been talking about, say, Malky Mackay, um, if you're talking about a time when David Goodwillie was still involved, I think there are very different issues in that regard, which would have which would, which would absolutely merited, you know, looking a bit further into whether that should be the, 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 the right type of person um, to, 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 to come into the club. That, that's, not a, that's not the same discussion that we're having here. But coming circling back to what you did ask me in relation to going to Ibrox um, mid, midweek. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 and you kind of touched upon this earlier, Richard, that in, in many respects, it's an ideal set of fixtures to get Celtic and Rangers as a kind of an interim period between the the, the exit of Barry Robson and, and bringing somebody else into the club, even if it is just going to be an interim basis, because they, in, on the one hand, the, the way that we have traditionally set up in terms of those types of games, and, you know, we, we spoke about the European fixtures, actually works quite well for the way that we set up. And I'd be, in, and in fairness, in, even, even, if, even if Warnock does come into post tomorrow, I doubt, given the brevity of time between him coming into the post and, and the game coming forward, I doubt that we'll be setting up much differently from what we did in relation to the Celtic game. And and in and in that respect, I think that as a setup worked really well. Um, I, I know we didn't necessarily dwell a lot too much on it, but around around the, the the rest of the performance against Celtic. But did 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 either of you kind of agree that when I was looking at the way that that team ended up setting out, where we had I thought it was a clever use of Killian Phillips, for example, who has not been in the club very long himself. So rather than get too bogged down in relation to the tactics or what you want to do with him, basically just get him in a get him in a position where you basically said, go and go and bust your guts and harass people for 60, 65 minutes, and then we'll pull pull you out of the team. And um, to that extent, that he did he did that role really really well. But I thought that the, the idea of getting your you know your 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 high energy and um, High dynamic running midfielders like Phillips and Polvara in early kind of do that 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 hard yards, and then bring your kind of skill players, you know, players like Leighton Clarkson or Duke, who could once the game had opened up a bit, you know, had had the ability to actually really cause the 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 the, the defense real problems. I thought that was, and maybe I'm paying a little bit too much credit to Peter Levin kind of stepping in. I mean, basically, I'm sure what he's what he's just done and in many respects it may well be the most valid criticism you could have from Barry Robson after all this he basically kept it simple 
he, he had he, he, he got the right players onto the pitch. I don't think anybody would have really disputed that that the right players were used in in total in the kind of the the, the thirteen or so players that ended up getting uh, a run out and that model at home against Celtic I think would be just as apt to be used at Ibrox in, in midweek and um, we've 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 already had success at that ground beforehand playing um, a, a more positive and less passive style of football it has to be obviously countered with a, a, a little bit of pragmatism but um, yeah I think this is a, 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 a game and an opposition which might actually suit us under the circumstances and um, I may be holding out unreasonable reasonable hope here but I think we've got another good opportunity to get a result yeah I kind of think you are but never mind um, <laughs> um, Martin Clunas are you quite as optimistic as Martin Ingram? I think if we play like we did in the second half um, on Saturday, um, I think we've got a very good chance that we can if we can play like we did when we were down there before. And again, I know, like I said earlier, you know, you're going to cons- you know, you're going to surrender possession of the ball for spells of the game. But if we can do what we did on on Saturday, we get in their faces. You know, they're 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 not as good, they're not as good a side as as Celtic are. We managed to do it to them. Um, um, you know. Couple, couple, couple all of that with, you know, we've got to have a group of players who, hopefully, will be looking to try and impress, impress the new, impress the new interim manager. Um, I think we've definitely got a chance of getting someone down there. Um, um, you know, I'm kind of always kind of confident when we go down there because it's just because I hate them so much, really, uh, more than anything else. But yeah, if we can do what we did in the second half, I know you kind of ride your luck now and again in the game. Um, I know they had chances. Um, you know, um, you know, a few, you know, particularly in the first half, they had chances, obviously, of hitting the crossbar and things like that. But you're gonna have to ride your ride your luck. You know, do do the basics well. I mean, that's what Martin was saying there about keeping it simple. Um, sometimes that's just what needs to be done. Um, so I think we've definitely, I've definitely got a chance of doing something. Um, so yeah, no, quietly confident as always. And do you anticipate, Martin Ingram, too many changes to the eleven that started? I know you've hinted at this. I mean, do you think, yeah, do you think the running of Killian Phillips will be more important than maybe the guile of Leighton Clarkson? I mean, I have to say, Phillips for the first forty-five minutes, it was it was aimless, but that was the case with the press as a whole. It was a much more coherent thing in the second half. Yeah, but I think I think that was why I thought that was a sensible thing to do. If if you were going to start with Phillips, I think. You're always going to have that inherent difficulty of when you've brought somebody in on loan, you know, very much near the the, the the close of the window, and you just simply haven't had the time to be able to work someone into a, a structure and system. It's it's a very savvy decision to say, well, yeah, go go and just run aimlessly. It's very it's very much the model of what we've probably employed Scottish national team strikers to do for generations. Is it just? Just go and uh, bust a gut for sixty-five minutes, and go 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 and harass whoever happens to be in front of you, and uh, and then we'll be happy enough. And and in that regard, he 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 did that job really really well. But yeah, I think in that regard, I I don't think there'll be very much change from what we did on Saturday. And again, if 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 we are in a situation where we manage to keep it competitive into, and again, it, it obviously may not have turned out that way on Saturday. We could have been. 2-3-0 down at half time and we'd have been having a very different conversation now but 
if you do manage to see out that period of time and, and, have, and have at least kept the game close, I think there is something to be said for, um, yeah, get 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 your players like a Phillips or a Polvara. And that's maybe a bit unfair in Polvara because, again, he did produce a, a, a really good piece of... Uh, uh, ability. I, I say let's not over elaborate how how you know we're not we're not talking about picking picking a pass through four or five defenders, but you know I mean it was a good ball through to get the off. Yeah, I mean range. in terms um, of an assist, it was more than Nadine's <coughs> cross ball to Scott McKenna. Let's let's give yeah. it give it and, that. And 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 the other thing that I think he Polvar is maybe not getting enough credit for is a lot of the time he was willing to. And, and again, I think this is the benefit of having guys like batting around about the team as well, is as, as the game progressed, I think the players showed an awful lot more confidence that when they were on the ball, not just to bluter the ball up the field 30 yards, quite a number of times I saw Polvara get the ball in around the box and actually drive with it, take a, take a couple of players on and, 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 and see if he could actually move the team forward with the ball, which I don't think he necessarily gets an awful lot of credit for. That I think that's been the biggest evolution I've seen in his game is when he when he has had good games, the fact that he does seem an awful lot more comfortable on the ball and, and, and willing to carry it for a little bit to see if he can kind of, you know, ge- generate some counterplay out of it, I think is actually really encouraging. But, but to get those kind of players, I, I think it's good to have that type of player in a team Early in the game, with the with the with the legs, the youth in the legs, to be able to do the, the, that kind of hard running that you need to get from players if you if you are wanting to be more um, proactive and, and positive and, and getting in the face of the opposition, which is exactly what we want to do. And then in that regard, I suppose they 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 talk about that in other sports. Is that you you then if you're if you're still in the game, I would see bringing Clarkson in in that kind of number 10 role or bringing Duke in to join Miofsky up front. You're talking about these are your closers. These are players you can bring in with genuine game-winning ability um, and you're bringing them in fresh against a team where hopefully the kind of concerted running effort of the players that preceded them will have led to maybe a slightly more jaded opposition, you know, guys that have had 60, 65 minutes of running in their legs and, and they can come in and, and, and exploit those those opportunities. And again, in Clarkson's situation, he, he very nearly did at the end of the game. And, and but, for a, but for an offside, we might have been coming away with a, 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 a win on Saturday uh, against all the odds. So, yeah, I really I really liked how we set up the, 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 the simplification of it. Giving giving players within that system very 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 clear instruction and very clear roles and and being in a position where you can, you know, bring bring quality on later in the game when it might be able to make a difference as opposed to I think that was one of the criticisms that a number of us had at the tail end was when things weren't going well at the end of games in the last wee while and it may not be through any fault of themselves because they haven't been given a lot of opportunity but it's you know. When you were bringing on Papa Habib Gay or Chaden Morris, I just don't know how many of us were really convinced that they were going to be coming in the game and actually could actually be genuine game breakers in that regard. In a way that if you're holding back a Clarkson or a Duke and you bring them in late in the game, they they really could make that difference. Yeah, actually, to go back briefly to to Wednesday uh, to Saturday rather, Martin Clunas, so that both substitutes were quite interesting because Luis Lopez, it was a case of bringing him back into the fold as well. Not being in the squad on Tuesday night, <clears throat> and I believe that was not down to injury. So to make him feel at least part of things again, and and make him feel involved, but also when he was brought on, it wasn't to replace Miofsky. It wasn't to join him up front. He was playing wide left, still in that midfield five. 
I was, I was going to say, just to jump in, because I think I remember Barry Robson had covered in the in the build-up to the last midweek game that, it, that that there was illness that was going around the club. So I think there was an argument that Duke may have been ill, which is why he wasn't in the squad that day. Hmm. Make of that what you wish. But. Yeah, he caught, he, I think, I, I believe he caught flu. For somebody Somebody else was using his harmonica or something, and he probably caught <laughs> an excuse or something. Um, yeah, no, no. The, ma- the massive pinch of salt that comes with when Robson said that, but I mean, if he's saying it, you know, again, none of none of us, none of us pr- pretend to be in the no wankers, so um, we just have to take it at face value. But uh, yeah, as Richard, Richard, like you say, interesting, he, interesting when he came on. Um, I think it's really interesting to say as well that, as you mentioned, as we mentioned there, when you know when Shaden Morris comes on, when Papa Gay comes on, you don't really have the confidence that. Oh, we're, oh no! This guy's going to come on and do something, or you know, give us something that you know can you know get the for lack of a better term to say get the crowd off the crowd off their seats. You know, Duke coming on, um, you know, transfer windows shut now. So you know, for whatever rumors about um, teams that are interested in him, um, rumors about rumors about bids that have been turned down, all this kind of stuff, they go away now. Um, he's now part. He's now going to be part of the squad for at least until the summer um so the, yeah let's let's get him let's get him back into the team get him back into the squad um maybe he you know i don't know maybe he was you know feeling feeling unloved unwanted because he wasn't involved on what uh, during mid, in midweek against dundee we just don't know but getting him on um and he can and he can hurt teams this is the whole thing where you know like taking clarkson on for phillips when clarkson can give you a little bit more they're a little bit more class on the ball. Um, Duke's the same. You know, you bring him on, and I know Celtic made five subs or something, maybe a little, maybe before. So you know, they're, it's not like they're going to be you know hanging out their arse and all shattered. But taking Duke on with ten minutes to go, with what with the ability he's got, sometimes he can just get you something. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see him sitting on the bench for. 75 80 minutes every week i want to see him i want to see him playing i want to see him turn on um i want to see him back to the best he was last season when he was linking up with myofsky um but he's our he's our player you know he's here he's not going to be going anywhere um in the short term so yeah let's you know, he's get, let's get let's get the best out of him um and you know a couple of couple of a couple of decent touches decent moments a few overhit balls and i think he was left chasing the ball a few times um I don't think it's anything to do with sharpness on his part, where he was just because he seemed to be lit, he seemed to be you no know, properly gunning it to chase these balls down and you no know, working his working his ass off. So let's see if we can get the the best back out of him as well. You no, know, it's almost a fresh start for every single one of these players because um, I don't you know I've, I know I don't think Warnock will know any of them. Um, will it be wrong there? Um, but perfect opportunity now um, for all of them to impress. Duke to get himself back into the starting eleven and to be winning, you know, getting us back to winning games. But should there be a fresh start, Martin Ingram, for guys that have maybe not shown the correct attitude? We've had because apparently uh, Vinny Biswayan has had a good game in the Dutch second tier, the equivalent of playing in the Scottish second tier tonight. We've had the usual nonsense on social media about him. You know, should there be a way back for guys like that? Um, there absolutely should be when you've got a player who's contracted to your club for the foreseeable future. And it was funny, I'll, I'll, there, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. First first of all, because from what Martin was saying, where you know you don't 
for someone like Duke, you don't necessarily just want to be seeing him used for 10, 15 minutes off the bench. You, you'd, you'd maybe want to see a lot more used to them. Um, and again, I don't know whether either of you would be agreeable to this, but I actually find it quite interesting that the, 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 the personnel and the playing style that we ended up with at the end of the Celtic game, that was much closer to the lineup I would like to see start against some of the other teams in the league where you have your, for, for, for me at the end of the day, the thing that ought to distinguish Aberdeen as one of the better teams in the league over everyone else is because we have that standard of player, a Duke or a, or a, or a Clarkson, um, that 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 we have that can that are genuinely better standard of footballers on their day than, than what others are. But in, in in terms of how much of a further chance you should give people if they if they have, for want of a better word, taken a sulk. Again, Saturday I actually thought was a good example of that. You, you look at someone like Liam Scales, where if you'd asked me 12 months ago, and if, I think you probably did ask me 12 months ago, do you feel there's any future for a guy like Liam Scales? And the way uh, I remember like immediately after the Darville game, and I thought at, at the tail end of that gubbing that we took at Easter Road, he was one of the players that I very much looked at and thought, you've just, you've just given up on this completely. And if you'd asked me in the immediate aftermath of that, is there any way back for him? I'd have said, no way. But, but again... Things things change. Um, you have a change in manager, which is again what's happened here. You you have a change in the personnel, which is maybe less what will be the same here. We haven't really been able to go out and get um, reinforcements in the same way this this transfer window as we did at the tail end of the last one. But but under a new manager with a new system of play, if we if we happen upon a, a, a structure which and a style of play which which best suits. Duke's abilities and he's given the rein to do that and he ends up kicking on and having a, a second half in the season equivalent to what he had in the second half of last season then um, you know we'll, we'll only be the beneficiaries of that because it'll mean we'll hopefully then kick on to a, um, a commensurate set of results from what we had at this, in, at this point in the second half of last season so to he, he is in terms of pure talent one of the best players at the club and if we're not trying to make the most out of him even if there has been something going on in 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 the background if he wasn't getting on with the previous manager whatever that's behind us now um i would be giving him every opportunity to prove it and again i think the message should be going through him even if you are completely disgruntled at the moment if you're want if, you, if you're wanting away from aberdeen at some point then the best way to do that is by putting in absolutely fantastic performances and putting yourself in the shop window so that other teams will actually want to come and get you so um for me it should be a win-win situation but but yeah if if he were given a longer run in the team and and it still wasn't happening then maybe you're reassessing that in a, a few weeks time but right now i would i would be absolutely trying to reintegrate him in the into the into the playing setup as soon as possible. Ibrooks Tuesday and the Neil Warnock homecoming on Saturday. Bunny Rig Rose in the Cup. Uh, Martin uh, Clunas, do you have your uh, Colin Wanker mask looked out? I don't. I'm just. I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm sure the club are delighted. You know, a new a new manager being being welcomed at home to a lower league um, cup cup. Cup exploit um, definitely helped put a few more a few more bums on seats for the game, so I'm sure they'll be happy about that. I was kind of expecting a more fulsome answer, not and at least I, you know I didn't go to the bathroom or anything, but I did have my mic off. So um, <laughs> thank you for the 15 seconds that you managed to give me there, and Bonnie Rig. Um, I take it you don't have an in-depth knowledge of our uh, lower league opponents, then. I mean. 
absolutely. Look, I don't. I don't. No, I'm not going to pretend that I watch lower leagues. Scott, I watch. I watch Friday night sports scenes sometimes. I want you know just purely because I want to hopefully laugh at Dundee United. That's as far. That's as far as my lower league knowledge goes. Uh, I, know I, I at least have. I've actually had the benefit of seeing them play this season because in when 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 one of the one of the uh, benefits of having some free Saturdays when Aberdeen have been kind of very much playing Thursday Sunday with European football is it, it kind of freed up my calendar to see some of the Scottish Cup games when they were running. So I, I had a chance to go and watch them not phrase about out of the Scottish Cup earlier in the season. So yeah, I mean they will be exactly what you'd expect of a middle of the a middle of the range to League Two um, side. They'll be they'll they'll come they'll set up to be hard to beat. Um, they had an absolutely I don't know the name of the, the name of the guy is, but they had an absolutely enormous centre forward up front who will need to keep an eye on. And I say absolutely enormous, as many people will know me. I'm 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 like six foot six myself, so I always talk about people being absolutely enormous in the football pitch, and then you meet them in real life, and they're actually shorter than you are. But in football terms, an absolutely enormous centre forward. So it'll be interesting to see whether they might try and go more direct against ourselves, especially if we are going to be without Slobodan Rubic and I think. For all that, again, I, I maybe rate the likes of Jensen and, and Garterman a bit more than than some. I think they are. I think they are much better footballers and, and more suited for that kind of being in possession, and playing forward. But I think if you were to rightfully have any kind of concern in relation to that, it may well be that in the absence of a Rubicic, do we have anyone that's really going to be relishing mixing it up with a big centre forward type and uh, and uh, you know go, get, getting into that? But I mean, if we're if we're at a stage where we're having genuine palpitations and, and, and nightmares over League 2 opposition coming to Pataudry on Saturday, then, yeah, I've, I've given up all hope. So I think I think at the end of the day, let's just... I think it will just be a game of focus on playing the way that we want to play, however however that will be under under Neil Warnock. And, and if anything, it's it's a fantastic... Again, he may, he may well be technically in the dugout for the Rangers game, or or maybe not. They may, may just allow Peter Levin to keep charge of the team in relation to that, but that will be... That will be a nice softball opener, hopefully, for Neil Warnock to be able to ingratiate himself with the the the, the Aberdeen faithful. Um, and you know what? I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation because if it didn't go that way, have we ever had a manager sacked within two or three weeks? I mean, if we if we ended up getting knocked out by Bonnie Rigg next Saturday, I don't know where we go from there. But um, we'll maybe save that for whenever our next podcast is. Yeah, of course. If we were part of some cosy podcasting chumocracy we'd have some bonnie rig podcaster on now it's give you some inside info on them but yeah our motivation for doing stuff like that requires actual work went out the window about five seasons ago (laughs) anyway um that will be us in this uh, rare bout of activity in which you've seen two podcasts from us uh, in the space of five days uh, please let's not sack any more managers for the time being. I really can't be asked for the workload. Um, thank you, however, tonight to Martin Ingram. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure as always. And to Martin Clunas. Cheers, Richard. All right. We'll be back with you in next week. Uh, Neil Warnock's massive Aberdeen are coming to take your European places. And your Scottish Cup. Go and win the Scottish Cup, Neil. Then then I might stop calling you Colin Wanker. Uh, Until next time, come on you Reds.